0: When a knock sounded at the door, Lapel opened it, screamed, Not here! and slammed it shut. Then he realized who his visitor was. He threw open the door. Forgive me, he said to Cruella. My idiots did not recognize you. Get out! He barked at his assistants. You are unfit to look upon this goddess of fashion. The assistants happily fled. Cruella, my
1: idol. My inspiration. My joy at the show. I am so sorry
2: about the demonstrators.
0: He bowed before her. Cruella smiled.
2: Demonstrators? I thought they were critics. <laughs> Welcome to Authorized Crumbs, a series of mini episodes designed to whet your appetite as you anticipate the next season of Authorized. Whether we're covering extremely short novelizations or providing addendums to previous episodes, these crumbs should not and will not stand on their own, but resiliently do out- Ned, just- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I decided to mix up that sentence without reading the end of it. It's
0: amazing. Keep going.
2: <laughs> We are your hosts, a loose but loving coalition of novelization enthusiasts. My name is Hannah Blackman.
0: I'm Andrew Marco. And I'm Andrew Overby. 102 Dalmatians is a 2000 comedy directed by Kevin Lima. The film follows Cruella Deville, Glenn Close, whose release from jail reintroduces her looming threat upon all puppies everywhere. This time, aspiring to capture 102 spotted dogs. DeVille will stop at nothing to create her Dalmatian coat, which is her green lantern shining upon the shore, her end-all be-all. The junior novel of 102 Dalmatians was written by Alice Downs and published by Disney Enterprises Incorporated in the year 2000. Who is Alice Downs? Alice Downs
1: is an author well-versed in sequelizing existing properties. Since 102 Dalmatians publication in 2000, she has written Stuart Little 2, Soccer Season. After the passing of author Roger Hargraves, creator of the Mr. Men book series, Downs also penned the installment Little Miss Splendid and The Beast. She did this in conjunction with Hargraves' son, who oversaw that the new book had the spirit and integrity of his father's famous series.
0: So famous, I've never heard of it. Mr. Men. Damn. If you look up Mr. Men, you've seen these.
2: Oh, these, they're like the little guys. like The Mr. little
0: fucking weirdos. They like they look like little circles or whatever. Are we going to get canceled yeah, okay. for calling
2: these guys weirdos? <laughs> I'm about they to call them. They are little weirdos. Come on, man. There's little books and they go on little adventures. I'm so sorry I didn't know that they were called Mr. Men. Because if you were like, Mr. Clumsy, Mr. Messy, I'd be like, of course, my best friend, <laughs> Mr. Fessy.
0: Um, if we're, oh, if so we get in trouble for calling the Mr. Men's uh, f- weird, then like me calling this spotless dog a freak is not going to go over that well. <laughs> <laughs> or a rat. <laughs> a rat. Look, she's an oddball. How many years has it been since you guys have watched 102 Dalmatians? Uh, just I had guess. never seen it before
1: i think i saw it in theaters 22 years ago
0: i suspect that i had seen the first one nine to 21 times and (laughs) had never seen this one before in my life nothing about it seemed familiar yeah Yeah, i had seen the original 15 times
1: well 14
0: (laughs) 15 15 um
2: I think I've seen the first live action one like maybe once or twice and then owned the VHS but Glenn Close really scared me on the cover. So I didn't watch it a lot at home.
0: Hannah, am I correct in saying that you are an animated Dalmatians head?
2: Well, I think 101 Dalmatians, the animated version, is one of the best animated movies like ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I love it so much. I think it's gorgeous. It's like so cool. And like that era of 70s Disney is like kind of my cup of tea. And I'm pretty sure 101 Dalmatians is directed by my favorite of the directors. Yeah. Wolfgang Reitherman, who directed all my favorite Disney movies. Didn't he do like Winnie the Pooh and Robin Hood and stuff? Exactly. Yes. Yes. All my it's also favorites. got one of the great
1: songs.
2: Yeah, I mean Corella de a song is just undeniable. Uh and also those dogs have like great voices, excellent vocal performances by all the dogs. Really good stuff. And as we all know, Roger is like the hottest of Disney dudes.
1: So Do you feel the same way about his live action counterpart? No. Jeff Daniels?
2: <laughs> Not to be rude to Jeff Daniels, he was perfectly nice. He's just like a different energy than what you want Roger to have, in my opinion. <laughs> and also they've changed that character in ways. Like, I think the change from musician to video game designer is a step down.
0: This video game existed, right? Of 101 Dalmatians? Because when my partner and I were watching this film, mm-hmm. she was like activated by every <laughs> single... Uh, I mean, I of had a computer
2: game. game that was like a point a click action story game that was animated like the movie, but had the production design of this of the live action ones so, like you went to Cruella's office and it was all that like black and white stripey stuff. Um, but then you still got to look at animated dogs, not real dogs. <laughs>
0: but if it's true that what what my girlfriend was suggesting that like the game that exists in the movie is what the game actually looks like or at least those cutscenes appear in the game that's got to be one of the only instances of that ever right like it either would have been produced in conjunction with the movie or or something so can we set up
1: a little bit this live action duology of 100 dalmatians because had disney really started tapping into their let's remake every property ever at this point or was this kind of an outlier
2: I think this was a, a new thing as far as I... I mean, when I was re-watching them, I was like, oh, is this our first live-action remake, kind of? It kind of felt that way. Oh, my God. I can buy my animated storybook on eBay.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm looking at uh, live-action CGI remakes. The first one was The Jungle Book 1994, which was directed by Steven Summers and starred Jason Scott Lee and Carrie Elway's and Sam Neill. Ooh, I should watch this. Then there was this 101 Dalmatians, and then other than the sequel, uh, I think the next one was Cinderella in 2015.
2: Wow. By Kenny Branagh. Ken, my hero. Kenneth. I mean, I guess after 102, you might be like, okay, maybe this isn't good and we should stop.
1: (laughs) But that was released theatrically, and I believe was sort of a hit. Like, 102 Dalmatians feels like a movie that should have been released direct to VHS clamshell case and everything
2: uh i agree i mean i guess you don't get glenn close for a direct video sequel you know right. like you, you, you're gonna put her in a theater
0: i think hannah that uh you and i might have talked about this but the first movie feels like a full-blooded disney movie it feels like You know, Mm -hmm. it's got all of the sentimentality. It's got the tight plotting that keeps kids interested. It's got, like, iconic performances, especially the one, Glenn Close. And then the second movie feels like it's got the iconic performance, Glenn Close, (laughs) and not much else going for it. And she disappears
2: from the story, from the movie, for, like, half an hour. And I missed her.
0: Right. She basically it becomes like an animals movie for the for the center
1: you're right andrew though i'm looking at sort of the facts and figures of this 101 dalmatians i mean it was written by john hughes
2: which yeah i caught i saw that in the opening credits i was like what (laughs) director
1: of the first bill and ted and the mighty ducks i mean adrian biddle is the cinematographer on both of these who did the princess bride willow
2: look 101 Um, dalmatians is a good looking movie and it's perfectly good he also shot Aliens. Oh my god, crazy.
1: Uh, but And the cast in the first one is great, because you do have Jeff Daniels, Jolie Richardson, Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie and Mark Williams as the two bumblers. They're like, so good. It is remarkable the only returning character other than Krill in the second one is Alonzo, who's not a huge character in the first one.
2: No, you definitely want, like, Horace and
1: Jasper to come back. Or at least one of them.
0: Are Cruella's cronies from the twenty? 20- Twenty one film Cruella. These guys. Yes. 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 Okay. So that was Paul Walter Hauser, and then I completely forgot the other character in Cruella. Who even played it?
2: It's somebody who's cute and good. Joel Fry. Yeah. Huh. I don't want to talk a- too much about Cruella twenty twenty. I-, I didn't like that movie, and I found it annoying in well, many many ways. You
0: know, Hannah, I found that it like made me realize my complacency to watch <laughs> one hundred one and one hundred two. Because leaving Cruella, I was like, you know what? Never going to watch that movie again, but like fun movie, Emma Stone being hammy, you know, just just a lot of comedy, whatever. It's Disney. Good time. And then I watched 101 and I was like, no, I could be eating steak all the time. Why should I settle for this Emma Stone performance? She's nothing to me.
2: She's, I mean, this is the thing is I think that what, she, what Emma Stone is doing is fine. Some of it's good some of it's hammy and campy Mm -hmm. but then like literally glenn close is like knocking her out of the park and burying her six feet underground yeah like it's just such a totally different, much more fun much more interesting much more like cuckoo town performance i'm like yeah you're right that's that's what i want that's what i I deserve
0: i want to say on record i believe in the stone like i really i think emma stone has has greatness in her she's in she's like the lead in the next Safety brothers project like i love her i, I believe she gets to in go her. like
2: batshit hog wild.
0: well it's a comedy about being haunted but yeah i still hope that that's true um
2: i mean it's just a thing where like we were texting about this a bit but like cruella the movie does not allow her to be evil that's exactly what i was
0: gonna say it's I, I think the failing is on the studios part they don't yeah. want her killing puppies because she's emma stone
1: does it at least allow her to smoke? No. Which also Because both of these movies on Disney Plus are braided G and they're mentioning there's tobacco depictions, which is like, yeah, she's holding like a, a cigarette and a thingamabob bobber. I don't know the terminology. A cigarette holder. But like, that's not the thing that's traumatizing about these two movies. <laughs> it's the dog murder. It's the, and I mean, the first moment of the first, we're going to go probably go back and forth between these a lot. But the 101 Dalmatians movie begins with, like, oh, a rare captive tiger was murdered. Yeah. (laughs) That's, like, the first words we hear in the movie, I think.
2: Yeah, it's dark stuff. Yeah, and meanwhile, Emma Stone is not allowed to kill any dogs. She's not allowed to smoke cigarettes. She's barely allowed to be a bad driver. Um, And then she, like, likes dogs or whatever. It's trash. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so she has no anti dog sentiment in Quirrell. Well, she
2: does have an anti dog sentiment because some dogs killed her mom, but,
1: but it's not her mom,
2: right? It's a, it's not her biological mom, and b, it wasn't like the dog's fault. So like, there's this. Then she like has her own dog that she loves, and she's like pro dogs, but kind of anti dalmatian. But by the end of the movie, she's like, I own dalmatians now, and I. I'm frustrated by it. That movie doesn't need any dogs in it, period. It should have zero dog plot. Right, because that's not her thing. Her thing is that she's a psycho fashion designer and she'll do anything to get the look. It's not about dog fur.
1: She doesn't fall in love with killing dogs until
0: 101 Dalmatians. Exactly.
2: And ends to justify the means of a beautiful coat.
0: Right. I, I, I think that that moment where it's basically like the dalmatians when she realizes they can be made into a coat are being like sucked up into the rocket ship that's taking off that is cruella's brain she's not hell bent on dog killing she's like (laughs) she's a a ruthless fashion designer and if she thought that you know adrenochrome from babies would make a good coat she'd go get it (laughs) this is not a political podcast um yeah, I, I think that's stupid as well. And and yeah, we don't need to talk about Cruella too much. The uh, only
2: thing that I really want to say about Cruella the movie is that they take from this movie one hundred and two Dalmatians, that when Cruella doesn't want to be cruel, she just goes by Ella.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: Which Cruella the movie does. And reading this novelization, I was like, damn Disney, cut, cut like scooping out of your own pot. Well done.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe this is a weird opinion. I think that the second movie's failure is that she should be good. <laughs> I think that if you're making a second movie, you you it necessitates that she's released from prison. So you have to have her either rehabilitated or pretending to be rehabilitated. They kind of take a middle road, <laughs> which is that psychiatry cures her, but psychiatry is a crock of shit, is the stance of this movie. <laughs> and she reverts back to her old self. Um, but I think Glenn Close is really compelling in 102 Dalmatians when she's trying to be I love puppies, I'm reformed, whatever. I don't know what that movie looks like if she doesn't become evil. I think maybe it's like, you know, they're up against some other something or whatever. But I think the fact that it just becomes 101 Dalmatians again is inherently boring because yeah. most of the players involved, the people, are less interesting than the first time around, aside from her.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think if she, if it wasn't her trying to make the code again. Because one of the dogs, uh, I forget what the two dogs are named in this, that are the parents.
2: Dipstick and Dottie. But mm-hmm.
1: Dipstick is one of the puppies from 101 Dalmatians. So if it was just her trying to ruin their lives or kill these animals just to kill them or take revenge would be even more compelling just like well i still want to make
0: that coat right this movie is oceans 12 i mean it's it's (laughs) it's the sequel because we want money to the remake right right Mm -hmm. and so it should also just be Oceans 12 and be about revenge on the people from the first movie. Um, I mean,
2: you do get the sense that Jeff Daniels and Jolie Richardson were like, no, thank you. Like, oh, we're definitely. Good, you know, like there's, I, I've also like flabbergasted that this movie is not still about Pongo and Perdita and Roger and Anita. Like, why aren't they back? Obviously they should be our continuing heroes with the puppies who are not fully grown yet on their farm of 101 dogs. <laughs>
1: These movies, one, they're both, both movies are about 10, 15 minutes too long. Yeah. These movies have no business being an hour and 45 minutes long. But so much of that is spent with replacement Roger Neda, uh, who, like, I mean, it, it's what, I'm going to mangle his name. How do you say his name?
2: Ian Gruffid,
1: I believe. Mr. Fantastic. Nailed him. Yes. Um, He's like
2: Welsh, so maybe it's yeah. different, but I do think that is pronounced Ian. <laughs>
1: Who spends the entire movie wearing shorts?
2: Fuck yeah, I
1: love that. <laughs> but like very long shorts, and every time I noticed it, I'm like, "Is
2: he wearing a kilt?" <laughs> I also I was yes. never quite sure. Looking at the pictures in the book, I thought he's wearing a kilt, and then I watched the movie, and I was a little disappointed. And then you've got like a blonde lady who's not a
1: Richardson or a Redgrave, and she's charming wow. enough and fine. Like, she's okay. She's kind of a mean actually, character, but. I at least like appreciate, and these are because so much of this movie was in my mind, still twenty two years later. Like I remembered a lot of the dog action. I remembered uh, Oddball hanging out on the the rooftops of London and the cake sequence at the end. But I did not remember anything about our female lead is a parole officer. That's her connection to the story.
2: I also think a parole officer is like an inherently unsympathetic character. Like she spends most of the movie being like I hope you fail and I hope you go to prison. Like she is not like by virtue of her job and role in Cruella's life, she's like really like not I I did not find her to be sympathetic. Like even though even if you know like okay, Cruella's an evil girl. Give her a fucking chance, man.
0: That's your job. She has a line early in the movie where she's like I think most people can be saved, but this one might be beyond saving. And I thought you are a parole officer. Have you ha- just dealt with the most softball offenders by chance? I, mean, I don't know what
2: it's like in the UK, but like <laughs> it seems like she's handling like the guy who works at the dog shelter, who is a harmless idiot. Right. And then Cruella DeVille, an evil woman. And those are the only two people we see her handle. So God knows.
0: This is the only children's movie I've ever watched where I had to go to Wikipedia to understand how everything was interconnected. I, I it's more clearly laid out in the junior novel, uh, where they'll they'll go, oh, this guy was coming to her because she's a parole officer, but he also works at the shelter. There were moments where I was being like, why is he at the shelter? <laughs> like, he, you know, the, the movie is very confusing, and the fact that it hinges on we're going, or if Cruella dog naps again, all her money goes to the shelter. Okay. Okay. It goes to the dogs. Huge plot point. I get it. But hey, you just told me Cruella owns the shelter?
2: She did buy it, she buys it.
0: First. And then they have the discussion, if she dog naps, all the money goes to the shelter. And I got really hung up on that. I was like, but going to prison doesn't negate ownership of a business. What's happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it might be more interesting if it's like, if she's like faking her thing. If her money is already given away, it's about her trying to like get her fortune back. Because she gets out of prison and despite, actually a pretty good joke that the lawyer's like, After my exorbitant fees, like, she still has eight million pounds. But it'd be funny if, like, she didn't have that money. So she does have to, like, feign some sort of cure and then work her way back up. Because she just goes back to her mansion. She's got all the money. She's got a power. I don't know if she has her company anymore. It's not clear if she's
2: working. I mean, she takes over the dog shelter and makes it into an insane success. Like, she's a great businesswoman. Oh, yeah.
1: Feminist icon,
2: Cruella. I mean, there were points watching 101 Dalmatians, but I was like, she was right. You shouldn't give up your career when you get married, Anita.
0: It was weird that she met a guy. First of all, both of these movies are about codependent relationships. (laughs) 100%. I mean, the idea that she doesn't feel like getting married at all and then meets a guy and immediately s- accepts his marriage proposal
2: they kind get of, engaged on the day they meet which kind is of, too far
0: that kind of too forces far. him to propose because right. at first
2: he's like
1: uh she's like oh like you kissed me and he's like no that was mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. and then his next line's like would you like another cup of marry me and you're like w- what
2: yeah i mean this is the thing is like the animated movie is so good at these relationships that like Roger and I need to get tangled up together. And then the movie has like dog voiceover narration. That's like, they got to know each other and we all ended up married. Hooray. And you're like, like, Oh, well that took some time. <laughs> like normal human beings do. But when you don't have the dog perspective, you're forced to have these insane conversations that are like, you want to get married tomorrow? We just met. You're like, ah! <laughs> this,
0: this, this movie never heard of, a, like, a, a time lapse.
2: Apparently not. <laughs> Give me a montage.
1: What are you doing? I mean, as messy as it is, the first movie has a much better, like, emotional trajectory, I feel like, in so many ways. Like, it's a weird scene, but the scene where Anita's nana nanny comes and is like, oh, your dog's pregnant. I can tell. And describes all these things that Anita is also feeling. Mm -hmm. is like a weird scene this lady because there's so much the first movie does so much more these dogs are people yeah even though they don't speak that they are like they get married themselves you know she's i can tell she's pregnant because that's the way any woman looks when she knows she's going to be a mother um it's a dog like there's not as much expression but in this the second one they are much more dogs i feel like they are dogs who can do tasks and
2: I mean, this is a thing that I struggled with because in the first one, I was like, without the dog perspective, this movie sucks. And there's like 30 minutes with no dialogue because it's dogs running around doing stuff, not talking to each other. And I didn't like that. And in the second one, I was like, okay, but now the human characters are not picking up the slack quite enough, like more. And also it's just like not as good of a movie, like story-wise. I was like, I'm glad the dogs are not being asked to carry so much of the plot because they simply cannot... They are dogs.
0: Hannah, I was flabbergasted by the structure of 101 Dalmatians. (laughs) I I have never seen the animated one. And I can't believe that Jeff Daniels and the female lead whose name I don't remember. I, I can't believe they didn't come back for 102. Because that movie asked nothing of them. 101. It was like so weird. We introduced Jeff Daniels. This is our protagonist, surely. We see him fall in love with a woman. His dog falls in love with another dog. We're 15 minutes into the movie. Isn't this nice? Oh, the dog's pregnant. Then like 90 minutes of the movie is following the animals.
2: This is why the animated one works, is the protagonist of the animated movie is Pongo. It's the dog. And when he talks about his owner, he talks about him as like, that's my pet, Roger. And he needs to find a girl. And we're going to find him a girl so he can be happy. And coincidentally, he finds himself a wife as well. Like, that's the magic of that movie. So that when you follow the dogs for 80% of the movie, it doesn't feel fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, when the humans come back at the end of 101, it's like, oh, I forgot these weren't 101 strays. There were humans in this film. They're gone for so long. Controversial opinion, probably. I haven't seen the animated version the midnight bark is bad in the it's in 101 good in the,
2: i hate to be this way but you gotta watch the animated one it's good in the animated one
1: it's, it's just, crazy that it's also in 102 also
2: it's the only thing they really lean into dogs barking communication to each other in 102
0: and the fact that it's like crystal clear communication and except for when the Ian puppies talk <laughs> can understand it
2: well he can understand the parrot who speaks english
1: Yeah, I mean, that was clearly there. We want an animal personality in this. Let's get Eric Idle to be a parrot who
0: thinks he's a dog.
2: Which is the best part of 102 Dalmatians. That parrot fucking rocks.
0: (laughs) In, In 101, I think that the midnight bark is the only part of the movie where you can tell that it is a remake of another film. Because it really stinks of... This is culturally important, or this is already considered important, and so we're replicating it. Having not seen the animated, I was just thinking, this is going on so long. (laughs) More dogs? Oh my god.
2: I mean, it's the same with, like, they go into that barn and there's, like, a horse and a ruffled dog and, like, a squirrel and a goose and stuff. Like, those are all characters in the animated movie who, like, speak and are great. And now it's just like, well, a horse is here. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, makes me crazy. <laughs> I mean, I think that 102 Dalmatians for me like benefited from me not having something to compare it to at all. Mm-hmm. That like reading the book, I was like, this is pretty fun. I'm kind of into this. Like there's twists, there's turns, there's crimes happening. There's like new characters all the time. And then even when I then watched the movie, I was like, oh, oh, this is fun. I mean, the part where they do Lady and the Tramp, but the dogs are people now is pretty charming and is honestly not in the book.
0: No, strange choice. Hannah, I'm glad that you liked the many characters of 102. I just thought it was a, a wildly scattered movie.
2: It is. I'm not saying it's not, but like reading through the book, like every 10 pages, there was somebody new to me. And I was like, oh, this is keeping me going. This is fun. And it was fun to read this book and imagine Emma Stone doing it. Like, it just didn't work. It was hilarious. Right. It was fun for me.
0: Hannah, you said that in the first movie, the dogs were being treated like people, and in the second movie, they weren't. But they do give Oddball just full-on human neuroses in 102. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Oddball's like born before even she can form a sense of identity. She has an identity crisis. <laughs> She doesn't
2: have spots she doesn't have spots her spots haven't shown up yet yeah i also watching the movie i was like astounded that cruella Deville appropriately genders these animals like she does not feel like the kind of character who would call an animal a he or a she she mm-hmm. would call it an it um and that's a failing of the script i guess but it really stood out to me for some reason
0: at her age it would make sense too i, I mean i feel like a lot of uh a lot of like middle-aged women and men also just middle-aged people just do gender animals, but just fucking, it's the wild West. They're just going, (laughs) they're calling she's, he's they're calling he's, he's and she's, she's just by luck. You know, they're just throwing (laughs) pronouns out there.
2: Dogs are boys and cats are girls. And many people feel that way. That's true.
0: That's true. Turtles are boys, right?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay,
0: cool. Turtles are old men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking about the junior novel. Yeah. Is there anything specific to it? I I really couldn't think of any way in which it differed from the the film. No. I
2: don't know. (laughs) I did kind of enjoy reading it. It took me an hour, maybe an hour 20. Like it was really not. It didn't hurt me to read it at all. Mm hmm. And honestly, in a movie where I was like, "Ugh, why are we spending so much time with these dogs who don't talk in a book? It was a little less painful for me because you get like more concept of like what the dogs are feeling and thinking like that's without having to do a lot of like tricks, dog tricks.
0: In 101, I was so impressed with the training. I just thought the dogs like and all the animals Mm -hmm. were just always doing Exactly what they needed to. And it looked amazing. And I actually felt like I could read their intent into their actions. I kind of liked that the animals didn't talk. I was worried that it would be a talking dog movie. Look, I
2: don't want talking live action dogs. I want to make that
0: very clear. You want, yeah. I want um, to be watching
2: an animated movie.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Uh, In 102, the thing that bothered me was that I felt like they cheated a little bit with the bird. They bridged communication between the human and animal kingdom. The second one has a lot more CG. Tons. Tons. But it, it's it's not as bad as it could be for 2000. Yeah, sure. But the first one's so practical that the CGI really sticks out. Um, there's there's instances yeah. where you need it. So the where they're throwing the puppies down the chute and we follow Oddball going down like the ice chute. Yeah, Disney, yeah. good on you. Like, don't drop a puppy down an ice chute. But... <laughs> Even before that in the movie, there's instances of Oddball just walking around where I was going, use a real dog. Why didn't you use a real dog for this? And even, the, even some of it's just bad compositing at times in
1: addition to that. Yeah. There's stuff where they, I'm sure, shot the dog walk around a blue screen and put it in. And so even the real dog sometimes looks out of place.
2: Yeah. And also that dog looks weird. It has no spots. Something about it is really off. <laughs> and yeah, she doesn't have like enough personality from the dog actor for you to be like, well, I really like that little weird dog. Like she's not winning me over as a dog actor.
1: Yeah, we don't get an endearing moment. Like the moment in 101 Dalmatians, even though it's not really on Lucky, it's on Roger and Pongo. Yeah, when you reps him back Lucky, to life. When you think Lucky is dead that at least connects you to lucky in an emotional way that we don't have anything related to oddballs birth or puppyhood. That's like, <laughs> Oh, I feel for like no one ostracizes oddball Mm-mm. other than Corella. It's not like, cause there's the other two siblings. I don't know their names. Um, those dogs are very like pro, like let's save oddball when oddball's out on the, the roof of the building. Let's, you know, Oddball's getting attacked, let's go fight Gerard Depardieu, you know? Like, there's there's no adversity within the family that Oddball has to overcome.
0: Yeah. I agree with that, but I do think that a creature, especially a young one, like a child or a puppy, being insecure is pretty endearing. The, the fact- There's that part in the movie
2: where she, like, looks at her brothers and then looks in the mirror and is like, oh, I was like, okay, all right, you got me.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's totally unbelievable that that's the arc that the dog would have, but if we're doing it, yeah, it, w- it won me over for sure. In general, I think 102 is a movie that was totally worth making and totally worth watching, if only for the fact that they baked Cruella <laughs> into a fucking cake. I was literally about to say that.
2: As you set that up, I was like, yeah, it's worth it because they bake her into a cake. It's
0: a glorious scene. It's better than anything in 101 Dalmatians.
2: <laughs> her coming out in that cake where she's like arms sticking out, legs sticking
0: out, hands <laughs> sticking out in like a giant cake. If if you're going to, you know, do a retread of the first movie, which the second one ultimately is, I think that's why the second one pissed me off so much is it, it, it balks. Like it's gonna do something different. And then it's like, psych, we're we're 101 Dalmatians in disguise. If you're gonna do that, just give me just give me slapstick. Give me crazy situations. Make it like make it like comedic mission impossible, where it's like every I mean, scene is just cruella getting into some ridiculous situation.
2: Just another instance of like Glenn Close giving it her all is she's covered in goop and goo and flour and trash, like through the entire like last 25 minutes of both movies and she is committing 1 million percent to just being like drenched in mud or cake batter and being furious about it
0: yeah she plays what a a hero high status extremely well and then she plays rageful low status she's like it's it's a pretty egoless performance she's literally like you know so dirty and so humiliated at the end it's it's wonderful uh, and I just wanted to clarify the puppies climb out a window and then it says they're going across a bridge. The bridge joined Lapelt's building to the bakery next door.
2: It's Paris, baby. It's
0: Paris. Wee <laughs>
1: wee, oui, oui. but you're you you're both touching on something that is correct. Like Glenn Close gives it her all in both these movies in a way that is both like a performance worthy of camp and memes, but also like could have been nominated for a Golden Globe.
2: Yeah, it's like a high quality comedic performance yeah. for sure. I agree. It's just such a star turn. Like I really as we started the episode saying like Cruella 2020 just does not bring the goods in comparison to Glenn
0: Close. I was telling I was telling Hannah like uh I saw a tidbit online that that Glenn Close producer of Cruella of course has pitched the studio On a Godfather 2, Mamma Mia 2 style, 103 Dalmatians, in which we follow both Emma Stone and Glenn Close. Which I think is a good idea, but Hannah pointed out, would just highlight how much Emma Stone is not as good as The Queen.
1: (laughs) Well, Emma Stone would have to, you'd have to bring in a director who's like, Emma, you gotta go harder.
2: Yeah, I think merging those two performances would be a fun thing to watch them attempt to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And trying to like merge those two worlds as well. Like in Cruella 2 colon 103 Dalmatians. (laughs)
0: Like
2: like Cruella takes place in the 70s in a realistic London, more or less. 101 Dalmatians starring Glenn Close does not align with that in any way and it would be really fun to see them try and like make these things fit and i would just in general be like glenn come back come back to us glenn
0: hannah blackman in the abbreviated authorized format crumbs Mm -hmm. you are only allowed to say whether you would recommend a book or not recommend with the modifiers hard or soft hannah (sighs) blackman
2: What's hard about this is that like there's a lot of factors that are gonna go into this that I'm not allowed to just explain. G- go ahead
0: and just enumerate. It's fine.
2: <laughs> um, soft
0: recommend, but to children. Okay. Like kids who like this stuff would like this. But a soft recommend okay. to children, that's pretty damning.
2: No, I don't know. Because they're the I target it's, audience. It's worth a little read if they like this, if they like dogs, if they're into the Dalmatian situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give okay. it a read. Fair. Soft, gentle. I'm not like, it rocked. You got to read it. That's all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Andrew Marco, how about you?
1: Yeah, I'd say soft recommend on the book for the same reasons. I think, honestly, the two movies, which I rewatched today, both hard recommends. You know, I think mm-hmm. they don't make them like this anymore with these Disney reboots. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so beholden to being the originals that it is interesting to see one that took not really risks, but just like a made an adaptation, yeah. and I think the sequel is its own weird, fun thing. Even though it is a lot of a retread of the first one, but yeah, check these out. Glenn Close alone makes them both worthwhile watches.
2: Overbeam?
0: Oh, oh yes, uh, this is a this is a soft. Do not recommend. I don't uh, think that this junior novel really adds anything. I also think. As we stated, that it cuts out things that were valuable in the movie. So, who's it for? It doesn't work for me. To our listeners, (sighs) you have just experienced the first authorized crumb. Your mission is now to follow the next crumb. And here it is This is Flake Cahill on behalf of Dead Cow Boots. These rugged shoes will never let you lose your grip whether you're on the prairie or on top of a movin' train, with cushion insoles and in 14 shades of fine hides at a store near you. So wrangle up a pair of dead cow boots and tell them Flake sent ya.